Well, hey, if we, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kyler. I'm on staff here. I'm not usually up here. It's been a minute since I've preached, so I just want to tell you guys a quick little bit about myself before we get into the message, because, yeah, you probably don't know me. I'm not up here as much. I, uh, I grew up in Santa Barbara, California. Anybody been, anybody been there? Just a few people. Yeah, all right. Anybody at least been to California? A few more people? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. There's like just a lot less seasons there. This is different for me. But I came out to Iowa to go to Cornell College. I heard about one course at a time, and I thought, maybe I could graduate. And so I, I did it. And actually, I graduated early on accident. Ask me about that another time. It's, it's another story. I'm not going to go into that. But... Uh, I graduated in December of 2018. A couple months before that, I married my awesome wife, Candace. She's actually, yeah, she deserves some claps. She's very pregnant right now. And honestly, this week, I didn't even know if I was going to be here necessarily. We, we were coming up with different plans, what we would do in case we had the baby early, but I'm here. Um, but yeah, I, I met Candace in Salt Company, and I not only met her in Salt Company, but I, I actually started to, to follow Jesus a lot more seriously in Salt Company. So I'm, I may have already known Jesus, I may have been saved coming into college, but Salt Company actually was the group of people, was the community that I got around that started to help me follow Jesus um, in, a, in a really real way. And so we've, we've been saying that a lot, right, that Salt Company is not an event, it's a group of people that was true for me, and I, I want that to be true for you guys. That's why I love just getting to do what I do now on staff and, and watching Jesus change your guys' lives. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit about me. We're going to continue our worship series tonight. We've got, we've got the second of three messages on worship. And the question we're getting at tonight is, why do we worship? And, and worship... Worship is something that we're, we're all doing. You, you might not necessarily call yourself a worshiper if you're not a spiritual person, but you, you're worshiping. You, you have desires in your heart that are ultimate, that, that are getting your, your affections, that, that are shaping what you're doing, and, and that's, that's changing who you are. It might be your GPA, or your relationship, or maybe you're, maybe you're seeking a relationship. Maybe, maybe you're desiring to please your friends or have approval from your parents. You, you name it. I, I don't know what it is for you. It could be, it could be your, your social cause or your, your political thing that you want to see gain more traction. Something is number one in your heart. You, you're a worshiper, whether or not you're a Christian. Whatever gets your worship says, says a lot about you, and it, it starts to shape you. We're going we're gonna to open up to the book of Psalms. The Psalms are, are a collection of, of songs and poetry of God's people that, that have been used for worship for thousands of years. The songbook of God's people. Psalm 115, 
I didn't tell you that yet, did I? You're just opening to the book of Psalms. I just need a little bit more room. Let's scooch up here. We there? Psalm 115? Very convincing. Okay. I'll give you a few seconds. Psalm 115. Cool. Okay. I'm going to read the first seven verses for us. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Okay. So right away, the author of this psalm, we don't know who he is, but he starts with saying that God deserves worship because of who he is. His steadfast love and his faithfulness deserve glory, deserve worship. But then he quickly contrasts the God of Israel, his God, with the gods and the idols of other nations. See, see, they were confused with where the God of Israel was. He, he didn't have a physical representation of himself in the form of an idol. So they would, they would ask, where, where is their God? Where is the God of Israel? That, that was a weird thing for them, for for the God of Israel to not have an idol made of silver and gold. But this, this song is, is kind of rhetorically getting at this, and it responds saying, our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. The, the God of Israel is high. He is above. He does everything that he wants. He's not constrained by anything, and he cannot be put into an idol that, that wouldn't represent him in the slightest. But all the other nations, their, their gods were, they were made, not just in the form of an idol, but the, the deity that they thought that they were worshiping, the God that they conceived for themselves was a God that was suited to, to meet their own passions and desires. That was a, a God that was created. It was creator God. But it's not as though these, these other nations, these other people groups, that's maybe a better way to even understand this word nations. It's not as though they didn't know any better. If you remember last week, Nathan mentioned how in Romans chapter 1, we're told very clearly that all are without excuse because God, the creator God, the true God has shown himself to us through creation. Who he is is very much on display for all of us. This psalm quickly is pointing us to the fact that there is one true God. If you're taking notes, that's kind of one of my first points is that there is no other God. The God of Israel is the only real God. No other gods are in the heavens doing as they please. 
Like there, there isn't a different heaven for gods of other religions. The Lord alone dwells in that place of supremacy and authority. But, but what's the danger in placing our worship other places, giving, giving our worship to other things or to, to someone else? Let's read verse 8. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. So not, not only those who make the idols of silver and gold, but all who trust in them, all who worship them, become like them, like their lifeless existence. That's a heavy truth. The more we worship something, the more we become like it. Guys, whatever we worship, listen, will shape us. We become like what we worship. When I, when I started thinking about the fact that we become like what we worship, I went immediately back to my high school days, okay? I'm going to tell you about something very personal, okay? I went back to my high school days thinking about this, and man, I don't necessarily think you're even going to believe me, but the, the God that I was worshiping, it wasn't a... It wasn't a literal God made of silver and gold or an idol representing a God made of silver and gold. But it was the God of approval. It was a God of acceptance or fitting in. I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like I fit in with anyone in my classes. And the people that were in my classes that I didn't feel like I fit in, they were either in a gang or dressing exactly like they were in a gang. No, not kidding. I was, in, I was in some rough classes for a bit because I wasn't a great student. Told you about that. But guess what I did because I was worshiping the God of approval? I started to very quickly become like them. So what did that mean? That meant I needed to get some new clothes. So no more skinny jeans. I needed some Levi's that were way too low for wearing here, okay? And that meant, that meant new shirts, super white, like fresh tees with the big collar. I needed some clean shoes. Like I could not be seen with, with that even on my shoes. Not okay. I needed some snapbacks. Needed a Jansport with the one pocket backpack cinched all the way up all tight. I would just walk around with my backpack way up here. That's just what I started to do. Because what I was worshiping was shaping me. What I was worshiping quickly started to change, not just my outward appearance, though. It was changing, it was changing me completely. It was changing how I spoke to my teachers, how hard I worked in class. Like, I would sit in class with headphones in, hood up, just sitting there, not paying attention, because that's what everyone else did. I wanted to fit in so badly that that's what it cost me. I, I was willing to, to go that far just to fit in. I did everything it took. Saul Company, what, what's shaping you? What, what is it right now that's, that's actually so important to you that it's changing your desires, maybe changing who you are, how you're thinking, 
if that, if that thing or that person is not God, you aren't becoming more like God. You're not becoming more like Christ. If you aren't worshiping God, he cannot do that because you are not giving him the reverence that he deserves, the honor that he deserves. But look back at, at the language the psalm uses about these idols of silver and gold. Because while we, we may not have idols made of silver and gold, like we, we have different idols that our heart is making all the time. There, there were people that worshipped silver and gold idols made by human hands back then, but there is still people bowing down to idols made by silver, made out of silver and gold now. They're, they're worshiping gods that are not real, gods that cannot hear their prayers, their, their hope isn't in anything that can give them their, their prayer, their, their request. No, no prayer that they offer up is being heard. People need the news of Jesus. They need to hear the, the reconciling news that God, the God who's in the heavens, has come down in the person of Jesus Christ to show himself and to offer them redemption, to offer them a relationship with him. There, there is one true God, and he is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. People, people are looking for, for other gods. They're creating other gods, but there is one God the Bible is consistently telling us this. It's not just here. There is one God, and he can only be known through Jesus. Guys, have you, have you ever seen another human being just bow down before something that doesn't have breath or life? It's a, it's a really sad reality to think about somebody just getting on their knees before something that they made, thinking that it's going to give them what they want. Do you, do you get how sad that is? You, you know the one true God. And you have the news that will bring them life. People are becoming more and more like these lifeless idols that they're bowing down to. If you truly know this God, you will want him to receive the worship that is due to his name, the worship that he deserves, not just on your dorm floor, but on the other side of the world. This is the mission that you're called to. If you follow Jesus, you're called to make disciples of all nations. Now, now that can be done here. Like there, there is work to be done here, and there's people of many different ethnicities and nations and people groups here, but it also must be done on the other side of the world where there is little witness to Christ. 
If, if you were around in the fall, you heard about opportunities to spend your summer sharing the great news that God has come to earth in the person of Christ to offer salvation, to show us who he is, to give us life eternally, life that starts now and goes on forever with him. You have an opportunity to do that at some point while you're in Salt Company. Maybe one thing that you could start doing is praying and seeing what God would have for your summer the summer after next. It's not too early to start praying for that. But let me ask you this. Is becoming like what we worship a good enough reason to just always get us to worship God? Like, I, th I think we need to know more about who God is to, to fuel our worship, to, to give us strong, lasting reason to worship him. I want to read from verse 9 to 16. Follow along if you've got a Bible or it'll be on the screen. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both the small and the great. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. Guys, it's, it's God's character that should make us want to worship him. It's his character that fuels our worship. And it's, it's the God that we worship that is the only God of blessing and of, of help and of protection. That's what it means when it says that he is their shield. And this, this blessing and protection isn't just offered to the people of Israel. It's offered to all who fear the Lord. That just, that just means all who revere him, all who are in awe of who he is. We, we even now get to be a part of the, the blessing that caused Israel to sing a psalm like this through faith in Jesus Christ. They were, they were looking forward to the day in which Jesus would be on earth, when he would come to fulfill what the Old Testament prophesied. He was the ultimate blessing that they were hoping for. When, when God promised to bless all the nations of the earth through Abraham, he was talking about doing what he did through Christ. Jesus is the ultimate blessing from God and we now are on the other side of that. We get to see what Jesus has done. I, I mentioned already verse three how 
how it pleased God most of all to come down from heaven to live a sinless life, to take up the cross, to die for people who were worshiping things that by nature were not God's. Things, things that didn't deserve worship, Jesus died for us when we were giving our worship to them. Like, he, he would have been right to give us up to those things. But instead, Jesus took the death that our misplaced worship deserved, only hear this, that death did not stop him. That death did not actually have the final say he defeated the death that he took for us. He rose to new life. And this is why from our vantage point now on the other side of the cross, we see even more clearly that God deserves our worship. My big idea for you guys is God deserves your worship. But if you're like me, you, you know that God deserves your worship, but he doesn't always get all of your worship. You, again, you know it, but you don't know it. What, what does that, what does that need to, to ch what needs to change for us? Like every day our hearts still need to be cleansed of, of the idols that our hearts are making. We need to, we still need to every day repent of the good things that we have made the greatest thing. The thing that we've given our love to when it just deserves a little bit of us. Not all of us. Guys, we're, we're not done with this psalm, though. There's still more to it. It's, it's got a warning for us of, of what will happen if we just get done with doing that. If we get done with living in this cycle of repentance and faith, the Christian life that, that we are called to in Christ, to continually go back to the cross, seeing that we need grace from our Savior, that we really did need someone else to step in and make us right before God. Verse 17 says, the dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. Guys, those that do not praise the Lord do not spend an eternity with God they spend an eternity away from him. They go down into a silence, it says, and this is not a, a pleasant silence. There's no worship taking place there. No one will want to sing. No one will praise their maker. They will still be rejecting him. God will simply just give them up to that. He will just give them what they want. But as awful as we think that is, 
God thinks that is so much more awful. He does not delight in that at all. In fact, we read in the New Testament that, that he desires all to reach repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 He wants all to turn from either worshiping idols made of silver and gold or idols that we make in our life now today. He wants us to turn from those and we have to keep doing it. Go back to him. But guys, this psalm does not end with, with verse 17. It leads us back to make, to make a declaration of what we will do because we know who God is. We know how worth our worship he is. We know his character. We know his steadfast love and his faithfulness. Verse 18 reads, But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. They, they would sing this, and their worship would not stop after they sung this song. Their worship would continue. Maybe your translation, instead of bless, it says praise. But we will praise the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. It's not we will praise the Lord just when we feel like it. It's from this time forth and forevermore. God always deserves our worship. He, he does not change. His character is so worthy of worship. He's the one who's kept his steadfast love and his, his promises to the people of Israel, even when they made a golden calf, when they rejected him, when they wanted to become like the other nations around them. He still remained their God. Will this be your response, though, to who God is? Will you say, but I will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore? I'm not just asking if you're going to do that in a little bit when we start singing songs again. I'm asking, will you do that with the rest of your life? Will Will all of your life be worship to God? Or will it be worship of yourself? Worship to someone else? Chasing a career that pays well? Getting what you want? Salt Company, I, I want so badly for you to see the, the faithfulness of God through the generations in this psalm that is, is difficult for us to even make sense of. We, we don't necessarily sing a song like this anymore, but it's true that God has remained faithful to his promises. As I, as I close, I want to ask you, will you determined to worship God from this time forth and forevermore? Will, will God get your worship or will something else get your worship? Because other things are going to not fulfill you. Other things are going to shape you into 
to something that is not eternal like God. It's not going to lead to an eternity with God. It's not going to lead to Christ-likeness if you're not worshiping him. Maybe you need to, to meet with God as the band starts to play. Maybe, maybe you need to just sit in your seat and confess the things that have been getting your worship and, and point yourself back to, to the, the grace that is available in Jesus. His, his death on the cross purchased salvation for you for you to receive by faith will you will you meet with him will you will you do business with god will you confess what what's competing for your worship in your heart maybe maybe you need to hear other people sing to him and and declare who he is some more and let that lead you into worship. You, you know what you need. I can't tell you what you need, but I know that this place with these people is a place that's going to point you to the one true God. So Company, we want to be a people that, that worship here. But like Nathan said last week, we also want to be a people that let our worship flow out to the rest of our life. Worship isn't just something that we do in this room. It's, it's what our life should be about to God. Let's pray. God, you, you are awesome. Your, your steadfast love and your faithfulness deserve worship. We, we so often give our, our worship to, to lesser things, and, and we're sorry. Please, God, have mercy on us. Remind us of, of your grace to us. Please, please show us more of how great you are, that, that we would be we would be so determined to, to worship you from this time forth and forevermore. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.